We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. It is time for the Monday press conference pod with Chad McKee. I'm Chris Plank. And Chad, we just wrapped up the Lincoln Riley press conference. And uh, obviously a coach that happy with a win on Saturday. But, man, they are focused and ready to move on to West Virginia. And what's next, aren't they? You know, it, it, Chris, it seems like the, the term I kept hearing all week long leading up to the Texas game was business-like. Yeah. This is as business-like as this team has approached a game in a long time. It showed on the field, and it seems like it's just kind of rolled into preparation for West Virginia. But it's true. You know, you, you never want to feel like you're peaking uh, six games into the season, and I don't think they are. They still believe there's a lot left on the table, and uh, the next order of business simply is uh, take care of West Virginia this weekend. I think two questions we can answer right off the top here that a lot of fans had after Saturday. There doesn't appear to be anything wrong with Trey Sermon. It's just how the game plan played out. And we'll see Grant Calcaterra in a couple of weeks before he gets healthy because everything else is pretty positive from Saturday. Yeah, but I mean, the Calcaterra and Sermon issues were ones that stood out to everyone. And Sermon played. It's just it didn't work out to where he had the ball in his hands. And, and it worked out well for uh, Kennedy Brooks to be in there, Ramondre Stevenson, and as Lincoln Riley said at his presser today, Jalen has more carries than anybody else on the team by like 30, and that's your quarterback running the football, so that's naturally going to take a few things away from um, from what the running backs were able to do. I thought 
because C.D. Lamb was spectacular and because the defense played like it hasn't around here in seven or eight years, what maybe didn't get mentioned enough, and I know you and Gabe talked about it on the radio broadcast, was what two guys in particular and Eric Swenson and Adrian Ely did on the offensive line, which was essentially if you can walk, you can play, and they played. And they played really well. I think that one thing I didn't expect was that Oklahoma dominated on both lines of scrimmage. And I wasn't sure that given the injuries and how they've had to jigsaw puzzle things together on the Oklahoma offensive line, I wasn't sure how dominant, uh, how good they would be. But they were terrific. You know, they kept the heat off Jalen for the most part. And they had two 100 yard rushers in the game. And you can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, too. I think just we're natural as, as fans to where there's always got to be something that either worries you or can kind of take away from the joy. But to me, Chad, what we saw on Saturday for this defense, I don't care what happens. <laughs> I don't. Well, you won't ever want to stay healthy. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but that was just – that was such a confidence builder, I think, not just for fans, but for this team as well, too. And I think you could sense it. Everyone was feeding off that energy Saturday. No, they, they were, um, I, I think the, the defensive line play, I, I feel like has been good all season long, but you've also heard this, remember two games ago, I think it was uh, Texas Tech, where we thought they played well. And in his post-game comments and his comments during his press conference, Lincoln Riley said, no, nah, that, that wasn't up to our standards. You know, quite simply, was not was not where we expected to be. And, and you know, Chris, the thing that they have built as much as anything else, the, the confidence, the speed on defense, is their depth. Marcus Stripling comes in there and makes a couple of plays. Asamoa and these other guys that we haven't seen a lot of, now they've got some depth, but not just guys who are in there taking up snaps so that the quote-unquote starters can rest a little bit. But the level of play doesn't drop off when you start to go to the bench. We talked about Remember after the, I think it was the South Dakota game, uh, Coach Riley said, I can't remember a game where we played so many guys yep. defensively. And that was building up to what you saw against Texas on Saturday, where so many guys not only played, but so many guys contributed. Nine sacks by eight different players. 14 guys had at least a half a tackle for loss in that game. They were coming from all different parts, and everybody seemed to be it's, – it's like everybody who played contributed defensively. Right. You know, right. you, you look up and you go, well, yeah, that guy did this and this guy. I'll tell you this. The other thing – a couple of things that strike me about that game, and then I know we need to get on to West Virginia. No, no. Number one, all the years the great quarterbacks and running backs that have played in, in the Red River showdowns. You know, you can just go back and Campbell and Sims and, uh, you know, Vince Young, although he only won one game, and, and, and Sam Bradford and Jason, all, all these names. And they're generally all quarterbacks and running backs. The two standout guys on offense in the game Saturday were wide receivers. They were the most dominant offensive players, C.D. Lamb with strictly his numbers, and then Colin Johnson of Texas, not just with his numbers, but his ability to draw penalties. It occurs to me just how times have changed that wide receivers become the most dominant guys in an Oklahoma-Texas rivalry. Great point, man. Hey, I, I want to I bring up one more thing, uh, one more quick thing from Saturday, and then we will move on to West Virginia. But I was, I was talking about this with the Texas side of things. You know, that you were there, 
you were on the field, it just seemed like, and not just because of the pregame little dust-up, it just seemed like there was a little bit more juice in this game. It seemed like there was a, a little bit of a different vibe. And I kind of theorize that maybe a lot of Texas fans feeling like, hey, despite what the spread is in this game, we feel like we've got a team that can compete for maybe a Big 12 championship this year. And I kind of thought, you know, there was a lot of anger on that Texas side whenever they lost the game. Chad, I felt like it was one of the most – and it's always juiced and it's always exciting, but one of the more incredible environments we've had for this game. And think about it, Oklahoma has been the higher ranked team for what the better part of since I've been going to these games over the last decade. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the ranking. It's what's, I think what happened, you know, last year we, we got to see these teams play twice in the season for only the third time in the history of the rivalry, but the first time in like, I don't know, 60, 70 years. I, I can't remember what the number was. And there was a thought that, well, if they play um, twice in a season, the the meeting at the Cotton Bowl won't seem to mean as much, knowing that there will be even more on the line if and when they play in a Big 12 championship game. But I think the opposite has happened. I think because people now realize how special it can be if they both play, if they play each other twice in a mm. season, that almost puts an added importance on what happens in the Cotton Bowl. You know, the, the game is the most significant one until the game that's played at the end of the year, which will be the Big 12 championship game. And, and I'm with you. It's, it's uh, you know, credit to the two head coaches, Lincoln Riley, for sustaining the Oklahoma program and Tom Herman for starting to build back the Texas program. And it doesn't look like that juice or that energy is going anywhere anytime soon. I think that's what's really cool about it. All right, so another 11 a.m. kick coming up this weekend. We'll have another 11 a.m. kick in two weeks up in Manhattan. But, Chad, game day should be fun because there's a familiar face, a quarterback for West Virginia and Austin Kendall. This is a little bit of a different West Virginia team. They're a little bit more, a lot of bit more defensive-oriented. I think this could be fun on Saturday morning. When is the last time we saw West Virginia last in the Big 12 in total offense, Chris? <laughs> it's That's crazy. crazy. You know, I mean, it, it hasn't happened quite simply because Dana Holgerson's been there the whole time. He leaves. Neil Brown comes in more defensive oriented, which, you know, we'll see how that goes. The cupboard was left so bare when Dana Holgerson left. David Sills, Gary Jennings, and, of course, the quarterback Will Greer on the offensive side. The defense was gutted as well. And, and so they're really trying to build it back. Austin Kendall was probably the perfect kind of guy to bring in as a transfer quarterback. Yep. Problem is he goes out the first series of the game with an injury last week against Iowa state status to be determined, I suppose later in the week, and we'll see whether or not he plays. Uh, but it's a, it's another take care of business type of game. Uh, if you go out there and do what you're supposed to do, you'll win. If you turn it over three or four times and West Virginia can probably stay in it. Uh, the, the problem is this isn't, uh, this isn't Dana Holgerson's West Virginia offense. That's coming to town. At least the problem for West Virginia is that Chad, what time you guys hit in the air with game day, 10 a.m. Saturday morning. You got it. 10 a.m. Myself, uh, Ted Lehman, Gabe Iker, the cast of characters will be on bringing you Sooner Game Day. And once again, leading you right up to kickoff at 11 a.m. Five straight 11 a.m. kickoffs. That? Terrible for recruiting. <laughs> but I suppose if you're covering the game as we will be, we'll get to home, get home, uh, get out to a nice dinner and watch a little football on Saturday night. You're the man. Chad, have a great rest of your week and we'll see you on Saturday morning. All right, Chris. Sounds good. I appreciate it as always. All right, good stuff from Chad. Let's hit our player interviews before we reset the entire Lincoln Riley press conference. First, it was a big day for the Sooner offense led by CeeDee Lamb. I know that you have the 24-hour rule, but how does it feel to have a day like that in such a big rivalry game? 
Uh, it was great for my confidence and uh, just for this overall university and uh, the way we headed in, in the right direction of this football team, and that was a great step that we took. Now, you mentioned confidence. You talked last week, and we saw it a little bit this week. you got to sometimes keep Jalen's confidence up. Not confidence, I guess I should say. Keep him from being too hard on himself. Was that a challenge at all early on Saturday? Not necessarily. Uh, obviously, he, he, he turned over the ball quite a bit. I mean, maybe once or twice, if you will. But uh, he did a great job of keeping the right head, the right mindset uh, going into the game. He knew it was a big game. He knew it was a lot was at stake, and uh, he just took it to the chin and just uh, kept moving on. Was there something you saw in Texas in their secondary that made you think, I can I can get away from these guys, I can get around these guys? Did you see anything in film, or was it just very organic when you were out there on Saturday? Uh, it was really just all in a play call, honestly. It, wasn't, it didn't really have anything to do with me. Coach Riley uh, moved me around. He did a great job of keeping me in different positions and uh, just putting me in the right position to excel. And uh, I just, whenever I got my opportunity, I made best of it. I know you watch this and you look ahead to next week, but you have two of the top five all-time yardage games for a receiver in OU Texas. Knowing this rivalry, what does that mean to you and your career and your legacy? It's a lot, man. I just got to keep it going. Uh, just being consistent, that's been my mindset going into the season. And uh, that's, a great, that's a great honor, and I'm very blessed for that. But I got to keep it moving. So what's the key to keeping it moving this week and not dwelling on the past and looking forward to West Virginia? Using the momentum that I had from last week and just keep going for the next week, uh, as you said, West Virginia. And then one final thought, to be back home, to have that energy. There was a lot of energy last week, but nothing beats the home crowd. What's the energy going to be like for you guys on Saturday? Well, when you have the whole stadium rooting for you, then that, that, would, that would be a lot better. Uh, I can't wait to have Sooner Nation behind us again. Hey, man, congrats on the win. Good luck. Thank you. And just like last week as Jalen Hurts hit the podium, he had an opening statement where he laid out how he wanted his team to continue to grind away and continue to get better. We caught up with Jalen after he met with the media. Big day for the Sooners in the Red River Showdown. Jalen Hurts joins us. Congrats on the win. 24-hour rule in effect, though. When you look back, though, how'd you feel about the team keeping the main thing the main thing? Um, yes, sir. I think I think we showed the right type of mental toughness. Um, as a group, you had some areas where maybe it wasn't as fluid um, as we wanted it to be, but I think we shook back the right way. We showed the right type of mental toughness, and we came together and played as one. How challenging was it for you to not get down and not get upset after some early turnovers? Is that easy for you to wipe and just move on from? Well, it ain't the first time I've turned the ball over. It probably won't be the last. So you just got to have the right approach. Um, keep the main thing the main thing, like I say all the time, and keep it moving. So, short memory. Short memory, man. So your hand's taped up. You feeling okay? Everything good there? Don't worry, man. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. I, I think I'll be okay. All right, now let's talk a little bit about one more thing from Saturday, that defense. You said it at the podium. This is a different Oklahoma team than the one that you scouted when you were at Alabama. What have you seen? What kind of stands out to you? Uh, the attention to detail, I think we're starting to form as one. I think I think it's pretty impressive. And I think the approach we have, kind of the identity we're trying to create, and we have created this far, um, it, it, can, it can be special. We've got to take it week by week and try and be one and know every week. You talk about CeeDee Lamb being a playmaker, but that was another level on Saturday. Could you send something different in him, or was it just getting in the ball and watching him in space? He's doing CeeDee Lamb things. Um, he's a great player, even better guy. Um, and I'm happy for him, but I know he's not satisfied, and neither am I. No one is. Is it, is it difficult at all to, you know, the emotions and the energy of that to wipe it and get ready for a game week, or is that just is that business? Well, yeah, it's business. Um, you got to treat it as that way and, and keep it moving. Um, it won't. I mean, it, we just got to keep it moving. <laughs> Can you take me through Kennedy Brooks and how well he ran the ball on Saturday? I know he had to watch from his couch last week, but man, he had a really nice game Saturday. Yes, sir. He's a, he's a very dominant player as well. Um, all of those running backs, every time you get the, the ball in their hands, you know, they're capable of making a big play. So, 
happy. I'm happy. He got he got to get loose a little bit. Back home on Saturday, West Virginia. I know you start to dive in on the Mountaineers. What do you know about the West Virginia team coming in? Well, I know they have. I mean, they're really fast on defense. Um, they they get to the ball fast, and you know they they, they just play they play good football. So we gotta we gotta prepare really well for those guys. Congrats to the win, man. Good luck this week. Thank you. And finally, nine sacks. The story of the day beyond Ceedee Lamb was Neville Gallimore and the Sooner defense. We caught up with, as Toby puts it, Canadian Bacon. Neville Gallimore after his big day. Neville Gallimore, part of that Sooner wrecking crew on defense, nine sacks, man. We talked post-game, but how's it feel the Monday after? Um, it feels good, obviously. But, uh, you know, that's that's kind of behind us now. We're just ready, you know, to get into this week and prepare for West Virginia. For a fan, they want to celebrate this 365. For a player, you had a great celebration. But you got to wash that behind you and move forward now. How challenging is that? I mean, it's not it's not hard at all just because we, we know, what again, what we want to accomplish as a group. And, you know, we just got to take it game by game. Um, but, you know, that opportunity that we had, we made the, we made the most of it. But now we, we got to move forward. And, you know, we're, we're just uh, just like always ready to prepare. And we're, it starts on Monday. Everybody get into it, get ready for West Virginia. So, obviously, you've moved on. But one look back, have you been able to really kind of – Identify what led to so much success for that defensive line and for you guys to get after the quarterback and get after Sam Ellinger. Um, you know, guys were just hungry. Um, we, we wanted to make a statement and, and just show that, you know, uh, what happens when we work hard and prepare and, you know, just kind of trust in each other. And, you know, we were able to, on top of the energy uh, from the game, but we were able to create our own energy. And, you know, guys were just having fun and enjoying making plays. Yeah, and, and I thought you did a good job with the rotations as well, too, and the depth. Let's talk about a couple of those guys. Ronnie Perkins, what have you seen in Ronnie's growth this year? Uh, i just seen a guy, again, who who's just uh, – he's building that confidence, and you, it's definitely showing up on the field, you know, hungry guy who, you know, who's – who uh, consistently a playmaker and knows how to find the football, and, you know, he's hungry. I love having a guy like that in the D-line room, and he's only going to get better. Then how about the play of Q Overton? Gets a sack. He's really quietly had a nice start to his senior season, hasn't he? Love him, man. That, that, that's my guy right there, and I, I just love, you know, seeing his, his hard work, you know, pay off. You know, he's a guy also who's hungry, works as hard as he possibly can, and there's no fluke that it shows up on game day. And then one more guy, Leron Stokes. We probably don't talk about him enough, but he does a lot of the little things, doesn't he? Absolutely. You know, very reliable guy. You know, a guy that you can trust. You know, he's just, a, he's just hungry. You know, just for a guy to come in, you know, uh, as soon as he did and he's able to contribute as much as he has, you know, that that's really good and that speaks volumes for him. When you hear Kenneth Murray giving that credit to his defensive line for allowing him to go out and make plays, what does that mean to you and what does that say about you guys doing your job? Um, you know, it, it's a great feeling, but it just goes to show, you know, uh, defensive line and the linebackers, we all work in hand in hand, that front seven. So, you know, it's our job to make sure we have each other's backs, make each other right, and really just make each other's jobs easier. I know you're just starting on West Virginia prep, but these games are always pretty wild. What do you expect from the Mountaineers come Saturday morning? I mean, you know, those guys are going to come hungry. You know, you know those guys, really good football team, and, you know, those guys are going to come up prepared and, you know, I know they're going to come with their best, and we got to make sure that we're at our best as well. All right, good stuff from Chad McKee. Thanks to Neville Gallimore, Jalen Hurts, and, of course, C.D. Lamb for joining us on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Let's wrap it up on a Monday afternoon like we always do, hearing the Lincoln Rally press conference in its entirety. Have a great rest of your week, and Boomer Sooner, everybody. Don't forget, we'll be back tomorrow morning with the Sooner Sports Podcast live with Toby and myself. But for now, enjoy Lincoln Riley. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery 
starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Yeah, good win last week. Uh, looking forward to certainly playing uh, West Virginia here. Um, we Everybody's got to move past it. Our team's got to move past it. Um, like I said, great Great win. Wins in that game are, are certainly always always very special, but it's over and time to move on to West Virginia. So we're looking forward to, to playing these guys. I uh, have coaching staff that you know we're all pretty familiar with. Known Neil Brown uh, for a long time, kind of ran in the same circles offensively for a long time. Have a ton of respect for for him. Worked with uh, Matt Moore, the old line coach there, uh, for years and years at Texas Tech, um, and then certainly know a lot about Coach Canning, all the different things he's done defensively. Um, and so uh, we've had a lot of great battles with West Virginia over the years. You know, they're, they, they, they look obviously a lot different. Uh, you know, new staff, you know, lost some of their uh, kind of their marquee name players here from the last couple of years, but they've, they've certainly reloaded with some talent. Um, you know, looking at them defensively, it's been – been impressive what they've done. I think the most yards they've given up this year, if I read it correctly, was, was just slightly over 400, which you know not many people can claim that right now. Uh, and they've been in some really tight games. They've, they've played they've played really well against NC State. Uh, the Texas game was tight right till the wire when Texas scored a cut late, uh, couple of touchdowns. Um, so they're they've they've been very very competitive and and even early in a, in Coach Brown's tenure. So. We know what kind of coach he is. Uh, certainly have respect for their team, the way those guys have always played. You still, you still certainly see that on tape. Uh, offensively, they've brought over a lot of what you know. Certainly, that Neil was doing at, at Troy. Um, you know, and they do a great job of giving you a lot to look at. A lot of different formations. Uh, very creative in the way that they run, run and throw the football. Very, very innovative group. So. Um, it'll be a great challenge like it is every week in this conference, and uh, we'll be looking forward to a, uh, another 11 a.m. kickoff. When did you know that the defense was going to be much better? Was it in the Cotton Bowl Saturday? Was it earlier than that? When did you realize this defense was better than it's been the last couple of years? Uh, I don't know that there's been one moment, and I think we got to be careful with because, I mean, it's – it was a great game. It was one game, though, or two days ago. I mean, it was one game, and and we did some we did some great things. I, I definitely think we have improved in some areas, without a doubt. Um, you know, I've, I've, I think it's just been a process. You know, it's been, you know, you know, making the hires that we did, and then you know, getting those guys implemented, those guys getting you know schemes implemented. Uh, Again, I know you guys have got tired of me talking about it, but the, so much about it is is just between the years with our players and and the mentality and the way we play, and uh, that's that doesn't just happen, you know, overnight. And we're still not certainly there yet by any stretch, but we're we're definitely we're improving. We're heading down the right road. Um, you know, we can. As good as a win as you know as we had last week, and a lot of great moments on all three sides. There's still. <laughs> we're, we're still not operating anywhere near the way we feel like we can play. And so, you know, we've still, 
we still got to take steps, but it's, uh, you know, people have worked hard and, and it certainly defensively showed up in a big way the other day. And it's, we're going to keep getting better because we're going to continue to get tested more and more. Jason Kersey. Yeah, Lincoln, we saw Trey Sermon out there, but uh, sort of surprising to see him not get any carries just given what he's meant to the, the program. Can you shed some light on, on his status and, and maybe why that happened? Yeah, just some of it was the way the game went. He, he played, I think, the second most snaps of any running back that we had. We just just kind of how it went, you know. You know, Jalen's eating up some of the carries from those backs this year. Um, you know, you kind of you, you never know if you know if you're going to be uh, an explosive group offensively. And you know, we've had you know just kind of throughout the season, we've just once again just hadn't had many plays. You know, most of it for good reasons. And uh, so yeah, and and then it's it's a competitive backfield right now. I mean, it's probably we've had other other very talented backfields, you know, in the last several years here. But I don't know that we've had one with, with as much depth as we currently have right now. And uh, getting TJ Pledger back was was great. That was a little bit earlier than, than we anticipated. So, you know, having him back the last few weeks has been been great. Obviously, the, you know, emergence of Ramondre has been a factor. Um, you know, Kennedy's still a very good player with a lot of great experience. Trey's still a very good player with a lot of great experience. So, I mean, we've got – four guys back there we're pretty excited about handing the ball to and then our quarterback's a pretty good runner too so some of its numbers some of its play number and then honestly the other day it wasn't really schemed up like that it just it just kind of happened the times he was in there it just the ball just didn't find him but again that happens I mean I you know what what CD have like two touches the week before I mean it 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 happens and uh when you've got other good players and so he'll have his big moments for us but Trey is healthy Trey's fine yeah like I said he played second most snaps of any back you talk a little bit about Jalen when we look at it he has almost 30 more carries than anyone else on the team going into the season did you anticipate him having 70 plus snaps at the midpoint of the year uh I didn't know what to anticipate I mean that's you know, I knew there would be a few things designed, and then you just never know how it's going to play out. Uh, you know, with a you know with the new offensive line, with a new quarterback. You know, as, as far as the you know how the scrambles are going to go, and just the majority of seems like the majority of scrambles that we've situations we've gotten into. You know, people have really emphasized coverage, and and they've they've stayed down on receivers, and we hadn't had as many big throws off the scrambles. We've had a few, but we've you know he just had. He's just had a lot of room to run. I mean, just simply, and so, uh, and he's made you know pretty good, pretty good plays within that. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's. I mean, it's it's a little different from what we've had, but I mean that every year is you just you do what you got to do. Tyler Palmatier, Lincoln. What are some of the specific takeaways that that you that you took from Jalen's turnovers <laughs> and that one near turnover in the red zone? Uh, I mean, he's got a he's got a better ball security on the first one. You know, didn't get the second hand there in traffic. Um, yeah, and he had, he, had, he had two, you know, two poor decisions in the throw game. You know, one that cost us. Um, probably shouldn't have been a turnover. We had a receiver in the wrong wrong spot that, and that was actually his defender that ended up picking it off. But it was not a good decision. I mean, it was you know it was bad on a couple different parts. So that was. Uh, Probably just try, trying to do a little too much, honestly, on that one, and I would say the same on the other. So you know, you just your your bad decisions can't be can't be turnovers. They got to be incomplete passes. So he, he knows he's got to be better there. Kind of in that same vein, did you see his play where he switched the ball 
with the, around his back with his hands and um, where, what did you think about that? At the time, I wasn't very happy. Um, I told him after the game, I, his, I, I, I said some really not nice things about him while that ball was behind him. But uh, he, yeah, he rallied it. It just, I think it was just kind of instinct, and that the guy got up on him quick, and and it honestly probably saved him fumbling. It as crazy as it sounds. I mean, it, it's you know he, he ended up making a great play, but not something we want to see a whole lot of in the future. Is that the football equivalent of like in basketball? Don't go behind your back unless you make it work. Like at the time, you're mad at him, but if he makes it work, you're like the guy just made a play. I mean, I'm happy he made the play, but you know that's percentage-wise, you're not we're not playing the percentages there, so we got to do a little better. I was going to ask you, Lincoln, about Roy Manning, um, guy who I think introduced himself as much as anything with his with his hype videos on social media. As you guys are getting into camp and everything like that, people I think latched on to his mentality. And I know that's big for you in terms of what your defense, what's different about your defense. But can you tell me what else he has brought to you, to you guys as a, from a coaching standpoint and how much he's meant to the corners in their play? Yeah, he's done a he's done a nice job with those guys. It's been um, you know that group. Probably as more as in, than any group, you know, defensively needed a needed an overhaul, and um, and you know we've done it there with with you know limited bodies a little bit, and uh, he's just he's done a good job, you know, trying to get the most out of those kids, and and I think they've responded, you know, that group's responded. A lot of those guys are playing the best, you know, best that they've played for us in a sustained period, and uh, so. Um, yeah, he brought a lot. I mean, I think the experience with not only, you know, Coach Grinch's system, but also, the, again, he already came in knowing the mentality we wanted to instill in these guys. It's not like we had to teach it to a new, new coach and then, he, and then he'd teach it to his players. It's, it's as much about the mentality he's instilled and helped instill as it is the scheme and the fundamentals and all of that. So he's done a good job holding those guys accountable. and. Uh, Brings a consistent energy and passion for it day in and day out, and and uh, you know certainly has a great feel for what we're doing. Lincoln forcing turnovers was such a point of emphasis once Alex got here in the off season. How much concern is there right now that those haven't come, and maybe confidence that those will come moving forward? Yeah. What do y'all need to do differently? No, it is. That's you know it's a couple games now we haven't had one, and and uh, we created a lot of havoc. You know, the other day, you know, and and that's, you know, a lot of times when you do that, you're going to force a quarterback into bad decisions. Now, you know, we didn't force we didn't force uh, Ellinger into too many bad decisions, but we did force him to hang on to the ball and ended up sacking him a lot. So I think there was a lot there was a lot more disruption the other day. It was a, kind of more in maybe in tune with how we would like to have it each and every week. And I think you keep forcing that kind of disruption. I think turnovers are going to come. But we've got to, uh, you know, certainly, you know, strips, uh, getting the ball out, creating fumbles, loose balls, all that, tip balls. We, we've, we've got to do a better job. I mean, we just, we do. I mean, I'm confident we, if we continue to create havoc like we did the other day that, that we will. Uh, but at the end of the day, you either do it or you don't. And we got to get more. We're going to drum. Yeah, Lincoln. Uh, to your point about the turnovers and, and talking about the sacks, can you kind of put into what you all think, kind of how many sacks kind of can accumulate into what equals a turnover in your mind? I know they're not the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's 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 hard to do that. I mean, it's it, 
the sacks have a huge impact on the game. I mean, there's there's no question about it. I mean, some of those sacks, you know, lead to you know maybe a series where, you know, say they got seven yards on a play and they got six yards on a play, but then they also lost nine yards on a on a sack. It, it turns into a turnover in a way. I, I don't know. We don't have some metric to to feel that. So I mean, at this point we didn't get turnovers, but obviously getting as many sacks as we did was was you know well above what you would expect. Can you kind of quantify just how far this defensive front's come since Grinch has showed up? Because just the pressure that they've just, I guess, done since the start of the season has been, seems like it's gone up each and every week. Yeah, it's been a good combination. I mean, we're, you know, we've, we've got some, we've got some old guys that have really bought into what we're doing. We have some young, exciting players that are, that are continuing to make plays and games and get better themselves. And then combining that with a, a new scheme that makes these guys lets them play very aggressively, and 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 we do, and so uh, it's been, you know, it's been a lot of fun to see. Our, our players have enjoyed it. I mean, our I know our recruits have enjoyed it. You know, and ever you know every D lineman in the world likes to have a chance to make plays, and our guys are getting a lot of chances, and they're taking advantage of them. Lincoln, the two turnovers would undo a lot of quarterbacks, and they wouldn't come back and play well. He kept Jalen kept his cool and actually had a pretty good second half. Talk about you know his poise and did that did that impress you a little bit how he kept everything together? Yeah, he did, he did a good job with it. I mean, like like I would have expected, but he yeah he did. His poise was was outstanding. He you know he knew he he you know gave away a couple opportunities and but he also knew at the same time that we were that we were playing well and uh, and so did a good job kind of hanging there, staying focused, trusting the guys. And then, like you said, he played extremely well the second half. John Hoover. Lincoln, on um, Jalen's turnovers, uh, he's, he's been just exceptional all season. But the last couple of games, he's been a little bit loose with the football. The screen pass to Kansas, for instance, or the dump down, I guess. Um, does that, <clears throat> is that like, like a red flag that's arising for you? Is that something you want to coach out of him? Or is, do you at some point just check? Check that off as a guy who's ultra competitive and wants to make a play. Yeah, they're they're all a little bit different situations. I mean, one at Kansas just I mean, just didn't see the guy, you know, and it was bad play design, bad everything. So, uh, like I said the other day, I thought there was a few that he tried to make a little too much happen, and he's got a, you know, he's he's made a lot of big plays on scrambles too. So he just got to know, you know, and have the right feel for you know when the opportunities are there to seize them and when they're not, to, you know, to not. You know, to not make anything worse, but um, he's pretty conscientious about taking care of the ball. So we'll, of course, we'll continue to work on it. But I don't think it's going to be a big issue going forward. And then CD Lamb, the, the motion plays where he's he's kind of motion. You guys really exploited that a lot of different ways. One of them was a the, the, you know flea flaker touchdown. What did you like going into that game about putting him in motion against the Texas team? <laughs> Uh, it wasn't just specifically him. I mean, we had some some motions in the game plan that we thought might help us in a few areas. So um, happened that a couple of plays ended up, you know, the ball ended up getting in his hands. And so, I mean, he's a he's a dynamic player. He's tough to handle. And you know, anytime we've got guys like that, you know, you know, being able to move them around a little bit seems to help us. Last one for me. How's uh, Yeah, Grant won't play this week. Uh, got an injury. Won't play this week. We'll evaluate him after. Yeah, um, Austin Kendall is considered questionable, but that means obviously you're going to have to prepare for him. Uh, is that strange to have to prepare for him? Like, what's that like for you? And then also, um, just what have you seen from him this season? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. In a broad sense, is it strange? Yeah, a little bit. Um, it, you know, guy was recruited and was here here with us for you know for three years. So yeah, it's, it's it definitely feels definitely feels a little strange. But um, um, I've got to see bits and pieces of him. You know, obviously I had a chance to study him um, a little bit more here this week. You know, he's had some games where he's played really really well. Um, it's I thought it's been pretty impressive how they've. You know, early on in a system with so many new pieces, um, coaching staff, players, everything, they've really done some a nice job. So, I mean, he's, he's made a lot of big throws, made a lot of big plays. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's, you know, I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to get back for this one. I would, I would expect nothing less. So, I certainly hope he's healthy and uh, always wishing the best. Lincoln, how crucial has the development Brian Osamoa, Nick Nick Benito been to the depth of the defense? And did you have an idea they were ready to make that leap? They're redshirt freshmen, and we really didn't see much from them at all last. Year. Yeah, they they've both they've both really grown up. They, uh, I think, for both those kids, the the new this new scheme defensively has really fit them. Um, just places a premium on on athleticism and guys that can fly around and and those you know that's you know their two strengths as players and so you know for them it's just it's been about becoming more consistent and they've done that and as they get more consistent they've they've had a chance to earn more reps but they you know they seem when they're in the game they always seem to make a, a couple of big plays and so you love that for for young guys they are not hesitant to get in there and pull the trigger when there are opportunities there. And some guys are in the beginning. They're trying to be so perfect that they, 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 you know, finishing the plays not on the top of their priority list. And it is for those two guys. So, uh, yeah, two guys got really bright futures. Um, have really, you know, been impressive here early. It'd be exciting to see, you know, how much better they can get here the second half of the season. Yeah, about Jalen, you know, was not particularly forthcoming with us. But at the in the post game, he talked about had that comment about OU DNA in him, and he was asked earlier today about um, was that a cumulative thing or did, did something really happen for you in the Texas game? So my question to you is, do you know in the lead up and the aftermath of the Texas game, is he a slightly different guy on this team? Having sort of experienced that, maybe it's a rite of passage, and, and is he feeling, you know, like he's been here a lot longer than maybe he has? Well, I mean, I think as you go throughout the season, whether you're a coach or a player or a leader on a team, you know, you, you continue to learn more and more about the, the guys you're going to battle with. And, you know, each situation presents new challenges and, and new opportunities to learn. So I think he, I think he learned more about probably his teammates and kind of in that type of game and you know the different responses as the as the momentum swung back and forth and and so um, you know I think there was definitely some positives there uh, I don't know any any other part of it I, I I don't know if I'd say rite of passage but I mean you do yeah, I think you, you feel the impact of of what OU means but you probably don't feel it a whole lot more than than certainly on that weekend so I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Probably a little too big picture. I mean, I think he's excited about where this team's headed and excited about where he's headed and saw some positive steps the other day. Coach, you've got a road game, 11 a.m. kickoff, team you're favored to handle, and you're coming off a big Texas win. There, there historically has been 
a Texas hangover occasionally. Just wondering emotionally um, how big a challenge that will be and how you'll go about it with your team. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, he'll tell you a lot about who we are as a team. You know, you may you know, probably learn more this week than any any week that we've had up to this up to this point. So, you know, it's either it's either uh, you know we've you know just did it one game just because we were playing our you know playing Texas or or we are we really trying to make a difference here for the rest of the season because we we did some things from a preparation standpoint just overall collectively as a team that was better than we've done all year and you know if we do that we'll keep making the improvements that we need to make and so that's that'll be our challenge they're going to get they're going to get coached hard this week you know we we need to continue to improve again there's despite probably what the outside world wants to say there's a million things that have to get fixed quickly here in the second half of the season so you know we're you know there's still got to be a big sense of urgency there so i mean that's going to tell you a lot about this team the coaches leaders everybody on the team's going to have to step up and get it done Lincoln, uh, Jalen was asked what he thought about the message that Mike Nafee delivered to them at the coin toss. Um, we all heard it because it was over the microphone. I'm just curious how you felt about that situation because I think a lot of people felt it was strange that he would address the teams that way over a microphone. I thought it was fine. I mean, he, you know, he, they've always done a great job. That crew's always been excellent. Um, he told us, you know, before the game they were going to really try to nip anything in the bud early to just to. Uh, you know, so the game could be about the game and not have a lot of antics, which I was all for. Um, probably, you know, we both hit the punt, of course, right at the same time. We're going to have to get with Texas next time and schedule our warm-ups a little differently. But, uh, you know, so both groups end up rushing together. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? You know, just kind of one of those things that happened a little bit. I, and, and, you know, he, he, they made the decision to give everybody a personal foul, which I was fine with. And... Uh, you know, he's, he, does, he doesn't get a chance really to talk to the other teams or really even the other coaches after that. I mean, I didn't even – I never talked to official. The other coaches had to tell me when we got back in the locker room what they announced. And so uh, we talked to the team before we went out and told them the scenario, but I had no issue with it. I mean, he's, you know, taking control of the game and, and making sure it doesn't get out of hand, and, and it didn't. I mean, it, it worked. It was a pretty clean, hard-fought game. So, I mean – I think it's a lot of people making a big deal about nothing. The guy's job is to control the game, and I thought he did a pretty darn good job of it. Rick Keith. Yeah, Coach Neville was talking earlier before uh, about how the moment was not too big for the youngsters on that defensive line. Talk about the defensive line and how well they responded. Yeah, I thought they, they kind of followed the leaders there a little bit. You know, our older guys kind of set the tone there early, and then they – they jumped in there and trusted it, and you got to in your in your first game like that because you know you just you can't simulate that type of atmosphere. You know you just and and what it feels like to play in that game. You can't do it, and so I, I think our young guys were were led well by our older players, and then they did a good job of going in there and trusting the scheme and playing fast and not playing hesitant. And uh, so it's good to see a lot of a lot of young guys making plays in that game that'll get to play in several more of them. Lincoln, you've won Saturday for some of the same reason you lost last year, which is the losing team didn't tackle some big receivers very well. CD was great in the open field. Last year, you guys had a lot of trouble with Humphrey and Johnson. How much of that is just physicality in your secondaries, and how much of that is just 
great players making plays? Uh, it's probably always somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, there has. I mean, there's been a lot of good receivers on that field the last few years that are difficult for anybody to tackle. Um, I think for us, you know, it's been, a, I think, combination. Again, I think our mentality is better defensively, which I think is the a big part. And then I think, you know, our guys are very confident and aggressive in our scheme right now. And uh, when you have that, there's going to be less hesitation. There's going to be, you know, guys in position to make more plays, you know, people not running wide open. Um, and uh, so you, you know, you, you just, you simply are in position to make those plays more. And then I, I still think too, it's, you know, we've given a lot of players opportunities here in the first half of the season and uh, have played a bunch of guys. Uh, we hadn't looked at at all what players have done in the past. It's been a week to week deal. And I think Every player on that defense knows right now that if they don't perform or they don't get somebody on the ground, somebody else is going to be in there trying it. And uh, so that's just the way it is. Taking Renault, I believe you were asked at Big 12 Media Days if you, what it'd be like if you envisioned this way if you have defense here at Oklahoma. Um, Saturday, kind of what you envisioned, um, what your defense was going to look like. It's just, it's so big picture. I mean, it's, it's one game, you know. I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm very excited about the progress. I mean, no, no doubt about it. But I mean, we are, I mean, guys, we're so far away from playing how good that we think we can play. I mean, it's just, I, and I, I don't want to be a downer. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of huge positives, no question about it. And I think we're, I think we're, on track, and I think that that's probably the best way to describe it. There, we are on track. We are not by any means there. I mean, we can't even see there yet, and so we got to stay on the right track, and we got to fight to do that. So I'm encouraged, but I think we just, I, all our other coaches, all of the players have got to be, yes, encouraged, but also motivated to get to where we think we can be. And does it give you more confidence though, going the recruiting trail now? Well, it, it, you know, some of the some of the things we've been able to do defensively here the first half of the year, it just it it gives some credibility to what we had talked about with these recruits when we brought these new coaches and new system in. It, they, you know, we felt like there were going to be some positive results, and they've been able to see the style we're going to play, how we're going to play schematically, how they would fit in, and and uh, you know, they see how our guys are playing too. So uh, that that. I'll concede with you there. That has been a positive. Jason Kersey. Lincoln, you've talked a lot about the importance of, you know, between their ears in terms of the defensive guys and their mindset. What what has changed about the way you have to motivate players since you've been in coaching? And what is what has made Alex so good at that? Uh, what has changed? Yeah, every, uh, I say everything. A lot's changed just in my short time. Um, you know, just simply what you can do with players now to motivate them is so much more limited than what it used to be. I mean, you talk about time rules have drastically changed, um, which has had a huge impact on that. Just the way that you can, let's say that punish is not the right word, but the way that you could discipline a player has radically changed. Um, not that it was anything egregious before, but I mean, it is, we all know the world and environment we live in now with that. And so 
And then I think, you know, I think players have changed some. I mean, you know, big picture, the, the world of social media, all the outside opinions. I mean, there, there's, there's some differences. Um, yeah, I mean, I think to me it's finding a balance of, you know, the, the core values in your program that, that you – and the core beliefs and the core points of motivation and goals that, that, are, that are the same for everybody all the time and, and there's no exceptions. And then also I think understanding that each player is his own person too and you've got to, you've got to get to know them and you've got to – how you handle player A may not be the best thing for player B all the time. And so we try to stick to our core beliefs and goals but also have an understanding that, that it's, there's an individual component to it too. What you? What was the second part of it? What does Alex do well in terms of motivating? He seems to have really gotten these guys to. Play. Yeah, no, he's got a good demeanor about him. He's very consistent. You know, I think it's a very. Uh, they're not just going to hear a message just because you're playing a big game or just because this is game day. Or I mean, he's he's been very consistent and confident about his approach the day since the day he walked in the door. And uh, it's a guy that had you know had a plan and knew what he wanted to do and uh you know that's you know what I felt when I first started talking to him and it hasn't been any different we've got time for one more Kerry Murdoch uh notice that Robert Barnes wasn't dressed out is there any talk about you know a potential redshirt for him this season and do you expect Ely and Swinson to kind of be back today today this week yeah, uh, Robert is a potential redshirt. Uh, we'll we'll kind of see how this thing unfolds. Probably going to be one of those week to week things for us. Uh, but he's he's played in a couple here. But it's uh, it's one that he, something he's considering doing right now. So we'll we'll kind of play that by ear as we go along. Uh, yeah, Ely and Swinson uh, doing pretty well after the game. You know they're still not a hundred percent. We're going to do our best to get them as close as we can and anticipate being able to work them a little bit more this week. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. 